0: everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where my mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Jill Handley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. This is Season 6, Episode 16, Navigating the New Normal, Tips to Support Your Staff and Yourself. So last week we talked about OMCs and WMC's, and I challenged you to look at your to-do list and see how many of the things that you spend time and energy on are really things that are out of your control. My goal in asking you to do that was to help you start to reprioritize your calendar, reprioritize your energy, and reprioritize your sanity by engaging with things that you can control, those are the things, the people, and the places in which you can have a positive impact and not become overwhelmed with frustration. You may be saying, OMC, WMC, Jill, what are you talking about? Well, go back and check out episode 15 if you've not listened, and we get a little bit deeper into that. Now, I also challenge you to take a look at your schedule over the last few weeks or months and see how much time that you are giving yourself for ITS or intentional time for self. We also talked about toxic positivity and the impact that it can have on your school culture. Well, today I wanna talk about ways that we can begin to navigate our new normal. I mean, let's face it, it's been two years almost, if not more, yeah, we're near the end of March now, so more since the start of the pandemic. And even as we try to get back to a regular school day, school week, school year, anything that even remotely resembles what we would consider to be quote-unquote normal, um, it's still not business as usual at our school, at least not at our school. I mean, the effects of of the disruption to education that have really taken a cumulative toll on all of us, which has undoubtedly shifted our roles and responsibilities, right? I mean, I don't know about your school, But despite the mask mandates, social distancing guidelines, and inconsistencies between being in-person or at home or a hybrid model that existed this school year, we still have to administer our state assessment. And we know what kind of anxiety the state assessment brings on a regular year. Well, this year, it's even amplified. So here we are as leaders trying to navigate a new normal of post-pandemic schooling which includes learning loss and significant increases in student and adult SEL needs, all while at the same time continuing to juggle the mandates and focus on school improvement. <laughs> I just see some of you right now shaking your head like, Preach, Jill, preach. I mean, balancing the culture of high expectations with reduced stamina of students and adults and the first-hand and secondary trauma has become a very slippery slope. Well, in today's episode... I'm going to share 10 tips that I've come across through my professional learning network that school leaders are doing to help support their staff that you can try so that we can all finish this year strong. Now, many of these tips, um, or some of the tips rather, are going to ask you to reprioritize that ESSER funding if you haven't already spent it all um, so that the well-being of your staff can be at the top of that priority. So you're saying, What, Jill, we're paying all this money for staff and not students? Not saying that. What I'm saying is we have to invest heavily in our staff because they are the ones that are going to be supporting the students. It's kind of that trickle-down effect. If we don't pour into their cups, they will have nothing to pour into the students. All right, so number one, pay your staff for all those quote-unquote extra duties, Now, the first thing I'm going to say is that I am a firm believer that excellence cannot occur in schools where everyone is bell to bell. And what I mean by that is everyone shows up right before the first bell rings and everyone's rushing out the door right after the last bell rings. I bet you've got some people in mind. And those people, inevitably, I don't know how they do it, they never take anything home. Have you noticed that? The other thing I will say is that as a teacher, an instructional coach, and a principal, I am, and I have always, been working lots and lots of hours outside of my quote-unquote contract hours. (laughs) Well, technically, I guess I don't have those as a principal. And like you, I have several staff members who will do whatever it takes to meet the needs of our students. But with that being said, when I have funding, even in years where it's not post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, I always try to pay people for their extra duties. And now that I have ESSER funding, we have an opportunity to do that more than ever. So what does that look like for me? Well, some of the ways is, it's extra supervision in the morning. Instead of having holding rooms where students come in and are sitting on a large space, doing nothing or doing something that's kind of trivial for 30 minutes and getting anxious and packed in in one little space, now students come in and go straight to their rooms. Oh my goodness, it makes our mornings so much smoother. What else does it mean? It also means extra unit planning days in the summer and and extra planning time after school that's paid. Maybe extra meetings for planning and implementation of things that are new for us. Uh, Maybe it means staying later in the evening to assist with family support initiatives. Really, I'm talking about anything that teachers are doing above and beyond, and I have the money to pay for it. Now, does this mean that I pay teachers for every minute they spend outside of the classroom? No. However, honoring the time that they are devoting outside of their contract day and time away from their family is really important. So any anytime that I can take care of that with, with a little bit of extra funding, I do. And if you're like me and still have extra ESSER funding, that's a good way to use that. All right, tip number two. Utilize your counselors to provide SEL supports for your adults. This year, we've Added in personal coaching into our professional coaching framework. Doing this really helps support the whole teacher. Our teachers love talking with Laura, our counselor. It's kind of just a way to release. I mean, we all need that release. So building that into your framework really goes a long way. Number three, get your community involved. The pandemic allowed the community at large to understand the heavy task of being an educator. And if your community is anything like my community, then local businesses are happy to donate things to give to the teachers. I mean, you can make it a raffle or a prize for winning a fun activity at the start of a staff meeting or whatever you like. Speaking of staff meetings, let's talk about number four. If you are going to hold a staff meeting, it had better be worth your staff's time. Please don't hold meetings to share information that could have been sent in an email. I know many of you are like, well, duh, that's a no brainer. I thought so too. But when I was at the ATA conference and, and we were talking about burnout, oh, that was one of the things people were talking about was just was meeting after meeting after meeting of things that could have been sent in an email. And make sure when you have those in person faculty meetings, you are including a fun and or celebratory component, even if it's only five minutes. Nothing brings about less stress than laughter number five protect their planning time again when i was at the ascd conference presenting a few weeks ago i had a chance to network with educators from across the globe and there is one thing for certain sub shortages are an issue everywhere so why so my suggestion would be look to make a quote unquote no sub plan now, this may integrate your non classroom teacher, your coaches, and even if needed, your administrators as subs on a rotating basis. Doing this may help mitigate you from having to always take a teacher's planning to have them sub in another room. Perhaps you even have ESSER funds to hire a permanent sub that guarantees a consistent floater. All right, number six try to minimize the amount of paperwork you assign them. <laughs> yes, I know you're wanting that minimized for yourself as well, but that's even a better reason. If you're like me, there's nothing I hate worse about my job than having to complete compliance paperwork. So I know a lot of what we ask of teachers that is compliance-based is out of our control. It's kind of forced down for us, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that are within your control. During my ASTD session, um, I had a lady raise her hand and she was talking about the way her principal always collects the lesson plans, but never returns them and never gives any feedback. Rather, they only give like nasty grams saying, oh, you were late submitting your lesson plans, or where were your lesson plans? You know, see me in my office. Here's the deal, I try to lead by this rule. If I ask teachers to complete anything that I ask them to share with me, then I try to make it a point to provide them with feedback. Number seven. Appreciation carts. Yes, I know. You've heard me talk about this on previous episodes before, but their value cannot be overstated. Last week, we had a perfect teacher attendance day. So what did we do? Yep, we celebrated. And we had an unexpected appreciation cart full of goodies. Some of you are saying, what? A perfect attendance day? Yeah, I was so shocked. I came in and I looked at the who's out for today of our teachers were there. This may have been the first time the entire school year that that's happened, so it was definitely worth celebrating. Made a big deal about it on the announcements, had the kids look at their teachers and say, thank you for being here, I appreciate you. All right, number eight, streamline your communication. Now, if you're like me, you get lots and lots of emails every day, and therefore, you have lots and lots of emails to respond to. Please don't clutter your teacher's inbox with lots of emails. Instead, try to condense the content to one or two emails each week, or maybe put it in your newsletter. Our staff has been very loud and clear with their desire to have all news, events, action items in one place when possible. Of course, I know there are going to be those time-sensitive pop-ups that you have to send, but try to avoid sending four, five, seven, 12, 20 emails a week. Um, that's hard to keep up with and it's easy to miss things. So I think that that will damage your culture and kind of, um, take out the clarity of your message. In fact, I know that was one of the top things our staff talked about when I asked them, you know, how can we make things better? And that was one of the things they said. So heard it loud and clear. All right. Number nine, make sure you are modeling gratitude. Now this has lots of benefits. The first benefit is for you, because it allows you as the leader to reflect on all the things that you have to be thankful for, and we know how gratitude influences your mindset. Secondly, it benefits your staff, because you are telling them through text, through email, through handwritten notes, and face-to-face just how much you appreciate them and how thankful you are for all that they do. And you all, let's face it, appreciation goes a long way these days. All right. Number 10. And by the way, these were in no no certain order. I just came across these, been keeping a list and and thought, "Mm, you know, this is a great list to share. And and perhaps you're doing lots of these. My My goal is that maybe you heard one thing today that you can take away or maybe more. But number 10, fun food Friday or any day, really. Set up a protocol for ordering out from restaurants that allow staff to place and pay for their own order online, so all you have to do as the leader is allow release time for someone to go pick it up. I promise you it's a little thing that goes a long, long way. All right, so there you have it. Ten things that you can start doing that are going to help us adjust to this new normal again. Many of these ideas I got from other educators in my professional network. So send me a message. Let me know what are you doing because I want to share it on the show. Send me a message on Twitter or LinkedIn um, so that I can, we can learn from each other. All right, leaders. Above all else, remain vulnerable and real with your staff. Letting them think that you are superwoman or superman is not helping them at all, and it's not helping you at all. If you enjoyed this episode, Navigating the New Normal, Tips to Support Your Staff and Yourself, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. If this is your first episode or you've not listened to the entire first, second, third, fourth, or fifth seasons, I sure would love to know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get automatic episode updates for Be The Leader You Deserve. In fact, do it right now, unless of course you're driving, in which case wait till you get to a stoplight or to your final destination. And if we aren't connected on Twitter and LinkedIn, let's change that status. Finally, please take a minute to leave an honest review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They really do help me out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that I get. All right, leaders, have a great week. I can't wait to hear from you and hear all the great things that are going on at your school. While you go about your week, and maybe it's spring break for some of you all, or it's upcoming spring break, it is for me. I'm so excited. Don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader I deserve and what am I doing about it?